Welcome to Maximize Your Social, actionable advice on how your business can maximize your social media presence. Now, the host of Maximize Your Social, social media author, speaker, consultant, founder of Maximize Social Business, the Social Media Center of Excellence, and the Social Tools Summit, Neil Schaefer. Hey everybody, this is Neil Schaefer. Welcome to another episode of Maximize Your Social. I mentioned on my last podcast that I had the opportunity to recently visit South Africa and be interviewed on South Africa FM. I'm really excited to now present to you part two of the interview where it was a continuation of talking about you know, social media for business as if we could redo it again and re-understand our priorities and how would we start over and what are the important things to think about. But there's also a lot of personal information here that I was asked of actually how I got started in social media. So if you haven't heard my personal story, you'll be able to hear that as well as this unique one minute countdown of questions that I was asked at the end, including Neil, what would you like on your tombstone? If you could have lunch with someone, who would it be? What period of time would you like to live in? So I was not prepared for any of those questions. They're very much on the fly, but I enjoyed answering them, and I hope you enjoy listening to them as well. So without further ado, here's part two of my interview in South Africa. Next week, we'll be back with our normal format. Well, it gets me thinking, therefore, if you look at the comparisons, and, and correct me where I'm wrong, there's just so many, but I'll stay with Twitter and, uh, and, and Facebook and Instagram and, and, and LinkedIn. So what's right for where? Because we are talking within the context of social business, right? Right. Well, I mean, the no-brainer is if you're a B2B, if you sell to other businesses, LinkedIn is going to be the best social network, right? If you sell to consumers, in general, Facebook is going to be the best network. However, that's recently changed because we see, you know, Facebook has something called edge rank, and it's an algorithm that determines what shows up in the news feed. And brands are finding it harder and harder to get through so that their fans actually see their messages when they post. So Instagram is actually becoming more and more engaging. And I think if you're in e-commerce, you know, you didn't even mention Pinterest, which is another major one. Oh, yes, absolutely. But, but if you're in e-commerce, I'm almost thinking that Pinterest and Instagram might be almost equally important as Facebook, if not more important, depending on the type of product that you have. Pinterest, obviously, is like 80% female demographic. So, mm-hmm. you know, e-commerce, female demographic product, that might be more important than Facebook, even though it has one-tenth the user base. Instagram, uh, mobile commerce, and young demographic that might be number one for you as well mm-hmm. uh, versus Facebook. And, 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 Twitter, and yeah. Twitter is really good for both because Twitter, like I said, it's for the news breaks. It's real time. It's mobile. You know, if I was writing the social media strategy for most companies, whether you're B2B or consumer facing, Twitter would probably be a part of it. Okay. So, so that's the next question that if you get someone like myself who outside of Pinterest, which I don't use, I, I will use all the other four. Right. Right. Can you, you use all four? And when I, I speak on behalf of the listener, of course, of can course. you use all four? And, and effectively have the same tone. Uh, it's really hard because every – I like to compare this. So I didn't go through my own professional background, but I did business in Asia. So Japan, China, Korea, these are all very, very distinct communities, different cultures, different ways of doing business, different currencies, different laws. And really, these social communities are all very different in their own way as well. So when you're on Facebook, you want to be as Facebooky as possible. When you're on Instagram, you want to use lots of hashtags, which you may not want to use on Facebook because they're still foreign to many people on there, right? A Twitter is going to be different. It's going to be short, concise. So ideally, you actually have a different tone, a different way of speaking that leverages 
best practices in that community for each of these social Okay, networks. I think that, that that's well said and very easy to understand now that, that, that cu- there are different cultures in every country. And as you move from different social media to different ones, you actually are in different countries. So you need to speak that currency or that language of that, of that country. So, so w- what about those that effectively link? You know, often, I mean, you mentioned Instagram. Um, and, and if you are on Instagram and you then link a, a post there to, to Twitter, the language then won't change, will, will it? Right. So, you know, there are these tools out there that, you know, you post once and it blasts at all these different networks. And that's in marketing, we call that spray and pray, right? You, you call it what, sorry? Spray and pray. Okay. Just spray. Suggesting that, that you're a critic of it. Yes, I'm very critical of it. Okay. So what? take so take a few minutes. And that's why I talk about, you know, creating the content. That's really what it comes down to. The, the five to ten minutes really come down and take an extra 15, 30 seconds to craft a message that's going to be that's going to be better engaging for that platform. All right, there's some questions here. What did Zuckerberg do to outperform the initial MySpace uh, comment? Oh. I'm not sure whether you have insight into all of that. Uh, can you repeat the question? Well, I'm sorry. What did Zuckerberg do to oh. outperform the initial MySpace? Uh, great question. Wow. Well, MySpace was, I won't say it was before my time, but MySpace was definitely very focused on, on music and on certain demographic. Facebook obviously started from college, and it really went out from there. But what Facebook was really smart on, and I visited Facebook headquarters, mm. and if you go to Facebook headquarters, it's where Sun Microsystems used to have their headquarters, and Sun became this dinosaur in, in, in the IT industry. And what Facebook realizes is that news feed that you look at every morning when you wake up, and probably right before you go to bed, that's their lifeline. So they need to make sure that you want to stick to it. The information you find is new, it's interesting, and they're really devoted to making sure that happens. So when you leave Facebook to go home, they still kept the Sun Microsystems sign that you actually have to see as you go home. To As a reminder, we do not want to become the dinosaur. We always want to be fresh. But the problem is the demographics are changing. Facebook is an old person's network now in the United States. Amazingly, right? Well, Amazingly. And it's doing the same in South Africa, too, yeah. Yeah, and it really the young people are Snapchat, Instagram, you know, Tumblr. So it'll be interesting to see what happens over time, uh, how Facebook will react to that. But, it's, I mean, they're still in a very strong place. And that's really where a lot of the money is as well in the older demographics. So, but we'll see what happens over time. It's okay, always there's, a, there's, a, there's another question that I'll pick out in just a second. Uh, okay, I'm not sure whether you can answer this. Are there less irritating people on Google Plus than on Facebook? Wow. You know, every network is different. I find the Google Plus people to be really passionate. And every social network at the beginning is the same. I remember, like, I used to say, what was that tweet? And someone would say, no, you don't say tweet on Twitter. You call it something else. So they're very, very protective and very, very passionate about their community. And they want to make sure you understand that. So and Google Plus is no different. I find Google Plus to be predominantly male, very techy, geeky. Mm-hmm. And you cannot just have a simple conversation on Google Plus. They tend to be very long sort of heated debate. Okay, so, so one line is, uh, 140 characters won't work there. It does not work that well. People are a lot more, it, if you want to have a deep conversation, that's really the place to have it. So I've met some wonderful people, but it's, it's really a deep place compared to other networks. Yeah. Do you, I, I want to get your story, and, and of course your accolades, and we'll do that in just a second, but is this a space not that you enjoy? Because effectively you, 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 crit, you critique the business of social media, but in doing so, that is your business. Well, I won't say I critique. I try to help businesses. Mm. And it's all about best practices. So we have companies that have succeeded. We have companies that have failed. The problem is that most companies start with a disadvantage. A lot of companies in, in the United States will start with, hey, we'll just have our intern do our social media 
because they're young and they do it all the time. The problem is young people do it for themselves. They've never done it professionally. They don't know what it's like to represent a brand professionally on social media. So mm. they're already off to a bad start, right? So there's, there's some cleanup work that's often involved. But it's really about, you know, how do we perfect what we do in social? How do we get, how do we do best practices? How do we constantly improve? I spent 15 years in Japan, so, you know, the concept of Kaizen and constantly improving is something that I'm very passionate about. But, you know, social media is, is an experiment because the people that use it, how we use it, and the functionality being provided is always changing. And therefore, we need to manage it like an experiment. So we need to have controls in place, and we need to, make sure we need to be measuring and making sure that we're always doing our best. Oh, good point. And the well, question is, can you get into business? Can you be in business right now, 2015, 2020, uh, and not be in social media? Think about that. Let's just talk about your own journey. So, so, you know, how did you get into this? What were you doing before? Because there's some accolades in terms of what you've done for social media with things like the Forbes list, blah, blah, blah. We'll get to that in a minute. Give me your story. Well, that's a great question. You know, I never intended to become a, you know, a person in social media. It just happened organically. My background is in high technology sales, business development, and marketing. As an American, I'm pretty unique in that after I graduated from college, I went out to Japan where I lived for 15 years. And I have a lot of great holistic business experience. How do you sell something that no one's ever heard of in Japan, China, and Korea and make them successful in the market, which was, I was able to do? So it was 2008, and I, I came back to the United States. I married someone in Japan, and we had a child, moved back to the United States. And in 2008, I was in transition, as we say in the United States, looking for a job for the first mm. time in my native country. And my network was all in Asia. And it was at the time where I realized I had to build a network in order to help you know, look for a job. And that's where I went to LinkedIn. And a lot of people were still using LinkedIn very personally then. I realized that it was a business tool. Back then, the more connections you had, the higher you appeared in search results. So if someone was looking for, you know, a Japanese business, and I had 500 connections, the CEO of Sony only had 100 connections, I showed up higher in the search results. So mm. that was the aha moment for me. This is a business tool that can be used where most people didn't realize it. So I ended up getting that job, and I started a blog in July 2008. That's what has now become Maximize Social Business. Oh, I see. Okay. Wow. But, but it's funny because that company decided three and, and a half... And, and the blog is called Maximize Social Business? That's correct. MaximizeSocialBusiness.com. Okay. Three and a half months later, the company decided to pull the plug on international sales. And it was literally the day the president Obama was elected president, that my boss flew out and said, sorry, Neil. So that was a real bitter experience for me because I'm very passionate about what I do uh, and I give it my all and I invest time and energy. And, you know, it was the day before a six-week business trip to Asia to, to uncover new business. So so I realized that I had to build something then that no one could take away from me. That was my on, brand. On your own. Yeah. Oh, man, that, that's your brand. And that's why don't wait until you're in transition for that. You should be building that on a daily basis and really dig your well before you're thirsty, right? So my wife, as I was interviewing for jobs, and this is the Lehman Brothers crash, you know, mm -hmm. end of 2008, early 2009. They were not good times globally. And my wife was saying, Neil, you should consider writing a book if you don't find a job. And I don't want to become an author, right? But uh, I said, okay, if, if uh, I don't get something... How, how does a jobless person write a book and get people interested? I mean, that's potentially what you're suggesting, right? Well, it's funny because yeah. I had already started a blog. Okay. So people were already starting to reach out to me. I was okay. very active on LinkedIn in the communities, their LinkedIn groups. And so I ended up writing that book. Uh, it was my, the first of three books. And as I was writing it, people started to reach out to me locally to speak. And then after I published, I'm like, well, you know, I'd love to speak. And can you buy some books in, in lieu of a, you know, a speaking fee? And, mm. and it was really in January of 2010. So a few months after I published the book, we're literally in two weeks. I had four different companies reach out to me saying, Neil, we know we need to do social media. We don't know what we don't know. We need your help. Will you help us? And that's where I launched my consultancy. And since then, what I've focused on is really the strategy 
um, and the education. And it, it's never any need for education. There are still CEOs in America that aren't even on social media mm-hmm. that need to be educated, right? Because there's a lot of spend going into it. And I've really stuck with my passion. And, you know, we, we, uh, when Steve Jobs passed away, we all looked at that Stanford University graduation speech, and he talked about connecting the dots to your past. My dad was an educator. He was an elementary school teacher. So I realized that's probably, what you know, whether it's consulting or writing or speaking, it's about and being on this interview. It's all about educating. It's a selfless, passionate mm-hmm. thing that I love to do. And that's my, that's my contribution to society. And you've been acknowledged. I mean, just talk about some of the acknowledgements you've received because of what you've done. Well, CMO.com said I was one of the top 10 marketing thought leaders recently. Um, Forbes does these annual articles. And uh, two years in a row, they said I was one of the top 50 power social media influencers, uh, top five social sales influencers. Uh, my books have won awards. Um, you know, this is the fourth continent I've spoken on. So I've spoken at a few hundred events and, you know. Asia, uh, Europe, uh, Africa now, and North America. So I think that's really what, what speaks most about me is that people, you know, they want to hear me speak. I, I think I have a unique perspective in, in that professional background in Asia I think has really helped. And my background is actually not marketing. It's more sales and biz dev. So I have a very practical way. It's, it's no fluff practical, rational way of, of looking at social, which I think a lot of people find refreshing. Mm. Okay, so in, in, in so far as the South African market, because you talk tomorrow, and to borrow what you said earlier, that Instagram and LinkedIn and Facebook are different countries, mm. but in this case, you are in a different country. How, how much do you know about South Africa when you talk to when you talk to us tomorrow? You know, I, I don't know as much as I'd like to know, but one thing I do, and I've spoken recently in Romania, Finland, you know, different parts of Europe, is I like to do a little data analysis and, I sh- and I'm going to show people tomorrow morning. This is the top, you know, this is the ranking. Like, Facebook is the second most visited website in the United States. LinkedIn is, like, number 10. Twitter is number 7. Let's see what it's like throughout the world, and let's put South Africa on the map. And you'll find that South Africa is actually pretty similar to the United States in terms of these social media sites being as popular as others. Now, every culture uses them different. In Japan, they use Facebook like a LinkedIn. And, in fact, the most popular social networks in China, Japan, and Korea are not even Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. They are WeChat, or in Japan, they have Line, Korea, it, mm-hmm. these, these mobile messaging apps. So, you know, every culture is going to be a little bit different. I wish I knew more about how South Africans use it. I'm hoping it's more like how United States and Europe uses it rather than the Asia. I, I think it's probably very, very similar to, to what you're doing in the USA. So that's maybe good news for you. All right, let's, uh, as we sort of wrap up in the last, last few minutes with Neil Schiff, we do this every day now. One minute, we, we, let's see if we can beat the clock and ask him some seriously difficult questions. I don't know what it is. You ready for that, right? Let's bring it on. Okay, let's go. Right, what's your one question for your president and our president? Well, you know, I think it's the same for both. What are your plans to make South Africa or the United States a happy, happier, healthier, and wealthier country? Okay. Any other era other than now that you wish you had lived in? I love today. I'm a futurist. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Who would you love to take out to lunch? Mark Zuckerberg. Okay. So, social media should be considered as a subject in school? It must be. The kids are using it. They don't realize the consequences it has. We should be teaching it. Is there a book that changed your life? The Rise and Fall of the Great Powers. Okay. A quote that inspires you into action? I'll give you two. 80% of success is showing up and no free lunch. What would you like to have inscribed on your tombstone? Uh, Neil Schaefer was a good guy who helped a lot of people. Okay. Who would you like me to put in the spotlight besides yourself? Well, if he ever came out to South Africa, Seth Godin is one of the most amazing uh, marketers. I, I, I certainly know the name, and that they, <laughs> they may just happen. Okay, I think we, we've got just about time. We've sort of rushed through all of those. I'm not going to ask you about which person would we put in, into our cabinet. You wouldn't know, so I'll leave that alone completely. Right. Let's just, as, as we then, then wrap up, just some, some other lessons that, that you can give us. Are there maybe examples 
and again, I understand you know you don't know the South African market too well, or of companies that have used social media and understood it well and it's dramatically changed their companies. Yeah, and, and like Except I said... for the business side, yeah. Right, and, and I, I think the businesses that have have really become one. They've really found a community in social media. They've served that community, whether it's through unique photos or videos or content. They've allowed the community to decide on what products that they end up making. They include the, the, you know, the, their customers, their fans as part of their decision-making process. They bring them into the company on tours. I mean, Zappos is, is you know, one company that comes to mind. That's really, you know, brands in the past... They created this big wall between consumers and the company. And social media is really about breaking down those walls mm-hmm. and letting your customers become one with the brand. And it's, it's, it's a, a very, very new way of thinking, but I think those smaller businesses that get that are going to be the most successful so, so ones. Are you suggesting, I mean, you're quite right. Normally, buyers buy, sell the products, hope customers come, and they take their money and they move. Yeah. Now, are you suggesting that before we make, as a buyer, before you make any buying decisions in your company, you actually research it very, very much through social media to say, should I keep this motor car or should I swap the VW because there's problems and then move to a Ford, for example, in our showroom? I mean, that sort of thing. Should we be doing that type of thing? Well, that's what people are doing. Tomorrow I'll share a stat, which, well, you're, since you're on the radio, you can listen to the stat now, which is uh, there's one data point suggests that 57% of purchasing decisions are made before a company's even contacted. So in the old days, when there was no information in social media, you actually had to contact companies to find out more about them. Now people are making decisions without even contacting you, without you knowing it. And they're looking everywhere, including social media. And you said 50%. 57%. It could even be more, I think, sometime in the future. Right, la- lastly, is, is there just one thing around social business that we haven't touched on that you just love to share really quickly? Wow. I think that uh, one of the few things I'll be covering tomorrow at the IT Web Social Business Summit in Hyde Park is the concept of paid social. So this is really hard for a lot of small businesses who think social media should be free, but time is money. And I think for, you know, a little bit of money, you can really get massive brand awareness in a very, very targeted community. So, uh, and, and I think it's very, very cheap right now, and it and won't be cheap forever. In fact, so, I had a chat with a VP from BlackBerry a few weeks ago, in fact, in studio, yeah, and, and spoke about just that in terms of what they do, and of course, from Facebook and what they do. So I think it's another area to look at, absolutely. Neil, great chatting to you, and thanks for allowing me to put you in the spotlight. Thank you very much. It's been an honor. Thanks for listening to Maximize Your Social. We appreciate all of your iTunes subscriptions, ratings, and comments. If you would like to appear on this show or recommend content, please contact Neil Schaefer at neil at maximizeyoursocial.com. Please also make sure to check out Neil's new community, the Social Media Center of Excellence, at socialmediacoe.com, as well as Neil's social media conference, the Social Tools Summit.